Well, good morning again. Woo, that seems really loud. <laughs> Can we turn that down? Well, maybe that's a little much. How about now? Yeah. All right. I, <laughs> I had to laugh when I left the house this morning because I, I, you know, I have a number of different Bibles, and I grabbed this one in particular, and it reminded me of John Wimber's story about buying a Bible. Have you ever, I don't know if you've ever heard his story about buying a Bible. Well, he... Um, he was working in Las Vegas as a musician at the time, and he had no, the only people that he really talked to were other musicians and bartenders. So he's sitting at a bar, and he's talking to the bartender about how he's got to get a Bible, and he doesn't even know where to go to get one. And the guy tells him, well, there's a Bible store, uh, you know, down there. It's probably not open because it's like five in the morning because he was working a night shift, right? And, and he says, but you need to make sure it's got to be black. And it's got to say, Holy Bible on the front. And if it's not that, it's not an official Bible. So I just wanted you to know I have an official Bible with me today. <laughs> also, I wanted, before we get into this, I wanted to challenge you all. Um, we really could use your help with healing rooms. And it's not with the prayer part. It's getting people here. You know, whether you're sick or not, you probably know some people who could use prayer. Why don't you just ask them, invite them to come, put them in the car, bring them here, get prayer, and then go out to dinner to celebrate their healing afterwards. <laughs> if they were really healed, they may even buy. <laughs> so, seriously, we need you. Get, get people here. I mean... It's the easiest thing to do. Say, look, our church prays for people. What have you got to lose by going? At the very worst, you'll be no worse off than you are now. And you might even get blessed in the process. So, you know, really think about that this week as you run into people and, um, <clears throat> you know, you, you see that they're not feeling well. You know, just make it a point to say, hey, why don't you come with me next Sunday and get prayer for that? Okay. So, we got oh so close to Revelation, doing the Revelation sermon this week. So very close. All the way up till 10 a.m. yesterday morning, we were going to do the Revelation sermon. And then, not so much. So, we are where we are, right? God had other ideas. So, I have a question for you. With a show of hands, how many people sinned this week? All right, keep them up. I want to see. Okay, good. You're all starting the week out on a good uh, on a good note because if you had said if you hadn't raised your hand, I would have suggested that you were off to a bad start for this next week in terms of sinning. Um, now, let me ask a different question. How many people struggled with a particular sin that keeps reoccurring in your life? And I'll raise mine for that, too. Okay, this is like, you know, a sin that you just kind of you keep dealing with over and over again. You're like, God, you know, why, why do I keep dealing with this? You know, what is the problem here? Um, well, God showed me something this week in regards to that, and that's what I feel like he has asked me to share with you this morning. And, and the, the, cool, the thing is, I discovered somewhat by accident that there is a way 
that you can fight that and actually have some victory over it. Now, we're going to get into a subject that makes many people in the church uncomfortable. And if that's you, I'm sorry, but we're, not going to, we're still going to talk about it. And that's this idea of speaking in other tongues. Everyone's going, uh-oh. We're, we're getting a little creepy in here now. No, we're not. What I found quite by accident this week was that on the days when I spent 15 minutes praying in the Spirit, I did not seem to struggle with this particular issue. And on the days that I didn't, I would. Or the potential was much greater for me, too. Um, I had always thought that praying in the Spirit or praying in tongues was a good thing to do. But I had never really thought of it from the standpoint of it being a necessary thing to do. Okay? So I guess what, I'm, what I want to share with you today is that, um, especially if you are struggling with something, I would pay particular attention to what is going to follow. But even if you're not, you may at some point, uh, or you may just kind of go around feeling like you're kind of um, spiritually flat. And I really think that if you would take up this practice, that it would be something that would revitalize your spiritual life. Now, here's what the Lord showed me. <clears throat> that, um, well, in addition to just sort of showing me that, uh, that that principle seemed to work, so then I'm thinking, all right, well, is there some scripture that I could go to and he took me someplace that I was not expecting. And it's just two verses. But it's in Ephesians, and it's in chapter 6, which if you are familiar with your Bible, if, well maybe if, unless you may not have an official one like I do, but <laughs> if you have an official one, then chapter 6 of Ephesians contains... Um, this passage of scripture that is known widely as the armor of God, yep. right? Starts in about chapter, or about verse 11, put on the whole armor of God, and goes pretty much to the end of the chapter, okay? And so this is, these are um, Paul's instructions to the Ephesians about how to, I would say, how to, to survive and thrive spiritually, okay? Yeah. Now, what's interesting about this list is that of all of the armor that Paul talks about in this particular passage, the vast majority of them are what I would consider to be defensive weapons. Okay, you have a breastplate, you have a shield, you have a helmet, you have shoes, etc. The only one of the list that is could be considered in any way an offensive weapon is this thing called the sword of the spirit 
So let me read to you this, this verse. And then what's also interesting is that depending on what translation you read this from, is going to sort of determine how you interpret what comes after it. Because in the, in, as you may know, in Greek, there was no punctuation. Okay, there were no periods, there were no commas, nothing. So when the translators go through this, it's basically up to whoever is translating your particular version of Scripture to decide where the punctuation goes. And that is why you will find differences from one to the other, where in one translation you may see a period and a capital letter starting another sentence. In another, you may find a semicolon and a continuation of that same sentence. And as it so happened, this official Bible that I picked up is the New King James Version. And so, <laughs> so what I'm going to read to you is actually two sentences in some translations, but in this translation it's one. And I think I know why. Chapter 6, verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, semicolon, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Okay. First of all, for many, many years, and, and in some cases even still, interpreters will look at that verse to, talking about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And they will say, they'll say, this is the sword of the Spirit. No. Because the, the word, word, in that sentence is not logos, it's rhema. All right? Now there's a difference. Logos is the written word of God. Rhema is the spoken or dynamic word of God. Okay? There's a big difference there. Right? This is Logos. Okay? So if you look at it, if you have that definition in mind, then you're like, okay, well then, how does the word, the dynamic word of God, become a weapon for me? Well, I would suggest to you that it's in the continuation of that sentence. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Because what is praying in the Spirit? It's not praying human words. Right? Scripture teaches us that. Paul even says, when you pray in the Spirit, your mind is really not doing anything. Because you're not, you're, you're not thinking, you're not forming words, you're not forming sentences, you're not forming thoughts, are you? You're simply praying as the Spirit gives you utterance. Okay? And so I would argue, and I might argue unsuccessfully with some theologians, I don't know, but this is my church, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm preaching today. <laughs> so we're going to do it my way until someone tells me different. But I would say, based on this, that the sword of the Spirit is when we pray in tongues. Because that's, 
that's the offensive weapon that we have at our disposal to take control. And I don't know, maybe control's not the right word, but to go on the offensive against, the, against, the, against Satan. Right? And so that's why this makes sense that, you know, when I'm struggling with this particular sin that, that plagues me, and I started to put into practice, and like I said, I've done this for years, on and off. Problem is, I've never really made a consistent habit of it. And, and, I, and part of that is my nature. I get bored with stuff easily, and so I'll be all gung-ho on something for about two to three weeks, and then I'll shift and I'll start doing something else. And part of the reason is it starts to seem rote to me. It's like, okay, well now I'm starting to fall into... Um, it's legalism, really. You know, it's kind of like a legalistic thing where, I, well, I have to do this, and I have to do that, and I have to do that. And it's really weird with me because there's a part of me that really enjoys that, that likes the structure of it, and then there's a part of me that rebels against it. It's the oddest thing. <laughs> but that's just the way I am. But what, you know, I, I, I also know that they're called disciplines for a reason. <laughs> and it's not always easy to practice a spiritual discipline. It is something that you have to work at. Okay. Well, trust me when I tell you that this is something I'm going to work at because I'm really tired of dealing with this particular issue in my life. And if all that I have to do is pray in the spirit for 15 minutes. Hi, Carmen. Did you have something you wanted to say? <laughs> She's just too cute. Um, if that's all I have to do, and this is not going to be, I won't say completely a non-issue, but at least not nearly as much of an issue as it has been, then to me, that's worth it. That's way worth it. And not only that, Scripture also tells us that when we do that, it what? Edifies ourselves. Okay? And that's why in, in Corinthians, and in part the, the, the um, chapter 14 that we talked about last week a little bit, that's why Paul is so um, adamant about the fact that tongues should not be as prominent a part of a church service as prophecy. Why? Well, because a tongue edifies the speaker, whereas a prophecy edifies the whole body of the church. And in the context of a church service, that's what you're after. Right? You want to edify everyone. Now, the, the the caveat to that is that if there is someone who can interpret the tongue so that it then can edify everyone, it's okay. So that's sort of the, the one way um, that it can't be. Now, because of a, um, a vision that my wife had the very night that I received the gift of tongues, I have... Uh, I, I pray for people when I pray for, you know, someone comes up and says, I need prayer. 
it's more than likely that I will pray for you in the Spirit. That's because the very night that we were not, I've told this story before, but we were separate. I was at home, she was in Indiana, taking care of her mom and dad. And I prayed for her, I'll talk a little bit about how in a minute, and, and actually received the gift of tongues. So I was pretty excited about this. So I, we, were, we talked the next morning, and I said, you're not going to believe what happened, blah, 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 and just shared all this. And she, she's kind of quiet. She's like, well, you're not going to believe the dream I had. I was like, what was that? And she said, well, I had this dream last night that you were standing behind someone with your hands on their shoulders, and you were praying over them in tongues. And I was like, seriously? She's like, oh, yeah. And so that's significant to me for a couple of reasons. First of all, because it was just an affirmation that what happened was real. You know, what are the odds that that kind of a thing would happen, you know, just by chance? I don't think they're very good. And secondly, it, and I didn't even realize this at first, it was a couple of years later when I realized it's like, oh, wait a minute, I think there's more to that than just that part of it that this was God telling me that it's okay to do this, to pray for people that way. And so since then, I've always incorporated that in how I do it. And I mean, and this is where some folks will get kind of tangled up in that, well, it's, you know, it's not supposed to be public. Well, I see public as me standing up here doing it. If you and I are standing up here and I'm praying for you and someone else happens to hear it, I don't think that's going to be a problem, honestly, with God. So... Uh, so let, let me talk a little bit about how this happens, and then we're going to pray for people. So here's the thing. I had had people pray for me for this gift for quite a while, and nothing ever happened. And I was getting kind of frustrated by it. And, and also, let me step back for a second here and say this. In the vineyard... We do not believe that you have to have the gift of, of tongues to, in order to be saved or that it's an absolute proof of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I believe you can have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and not speak in tongues. That's okay. Yeah. All right? So I want to be real clear on those things. That, you know, because we, we can get sort of legalistic with this because, you know, the Pentecostals will believe a particular way that that is. It's evidence that you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's okay. That's what they believe. And we honor that. That's just not how we approach it. Okay? So the, the absence of this gift does not equate to the absence of salvation or the absence of the baptism of the Spirit. Let's be really clear about that at the outset. Okay. So I had been uh, saved for a number of years and, you know, had really gotten interested in, in the healing ministry and, and doing some things like that and, and operating in the gifts of the Spirit, but I did not have this gift. And so I, you know, any chance I had for someone to pray for me for this, I, I availed myself, right? Nothing ever happened until somebody at, at uh, a church we were attending at the time gave me this little booklet, and it was it's more of a pamphlet than a book. 
And in it, this it was a female author, and she, uh, one of the chapters was on this subject. And she opened my eyes to some things that I was completely blind to before. Now why, I don't know, but this just is the way sometimes our minds work. We think, well, okay, so the way this works, God, is that I'm going to stand here. Get ready. <laughs> All right, Lord, go. Well, nothing would happen. Like, well, I'm ready. Aren't you? Well, what this book helped me see was it doesn't work that way. You know, and the key word to speaking in tongues is speaking. <laughs> it's like, whoa, what a revelation. Speaking, you have to talk. It doesn't work unless you do. And with apologies to some of my friends who have uh, in the past have said, well, you can pray in tongues and not say anything. No, you can't. I'm sorry, because it just doesn't work that way. Um, so, as I'm reading through this little booklet, she's outlining all these things, I'm just following along, and she said, you know, you have to basically engage all of the functionality of speech in order for this to happen. And I was kind of like, oh, well, that makes sense. You know, if you're going to talk, you kind of have to use your vocal cords and your mouth and your tongue and all of the your larynx or whatever else is involved in the actual projection of sound. So, I might as well go ahead and tell the whole thing, even though I know some of you have heard it before. So, it's Halloween Eve. Halloween, right? October 31st. Sally is gone. She is in uh, Indiana. My son had gone over to a friend's for a birthday party and a sleepover, so I'm by myself in the house. So I'm thinking, perfect opportunity. If I look stupid, no one's going to notice. <laughs> it's just me. So I had read the book, but I thought, well, let me read this again just to make sure. So I'm reading through the little pamphlet one more time just to make sure I got it all because I'm, you know, very, you know, give me directions. How do I do this? Step one, two, three. So read through it. think I got it. You know, so there's this, you know, there's this hesitation. It's like, uh, well, you know, at some point I just have to sort of jump into the pool, right? So... I just thought, well, okay, I just need to start making some kind of sound. So I just went, uh, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> just came out. And I was like, whoa, that's cool. And I had this weird mindset about it because I wouldn't do it for very long. Because I thought it was like, you know, there was some sort of a limit on it. <laughs> so I went to bed, woke up the next morning, I'm laying in bed, 
And the first thought I had, no joke, was, I wonder if it's still there. <laughs> so I'm laying in bed, and I'm like, it is. So and it's been there ever since. And it's something that I have complete control over. Okay? So that's another sort of fallacy that you might be in a meeting uh, that gets sort of energized in the Holy Spirit. And people, you know, will just start saying, well, you know, it's just God is is having me speak this way and I can't stop. Well, no, that's not quite true. You have control over it. It's no different than me standing here speaking to you in English. I can start it and stop it however I want to. Okay. So, I tell you that story simply as a way of, of hopefully helping you understand if this has been a you know, if you have desired this in the past, but you've not really kind of known how to approach it, understand that it doesn't work any differently than English or Spanish or any other language, you know, that you have. You have to sort of engage all of those things. The only difference is what starts to come out is nothing that you're going to, you know, unless you have the gift of interpretation yourself, you're probably not going to understand what it is. And how does it work? I don't know. I wish I did. But you know what? I don't know how cell phones work exactly, but it doesn't stop me from using them. And so the fact that I don't quite understand how the gift of tongues works and how, you know, how by doing that it somehow changes the atmosphere around you. Or how it can, you know, ha I, you know, I just, I don't understand how that works. I just know that it does. And I want you to have that same, that same experience. Because I saw a pretty fair number of hands go up that said that you struggle with something you know, some sort of besetting sin. Now, a lot of times you will hear people go, well, that's, you know, Paul, was in, when he was talking about his thorn in the flesh, he was talking about some sin. I, I don't believe that. I believe it was a physical issue that he had. I don't think it was a sin issue. And I don't believe that for the very reason that he talked so much about the fact that he could, that he spoke in tongues a lot. And so, I would just say, if you have that gift and you're not using it, you are missing out on a huge spiritual advantage. And so, you know, just make, make it a part of your daily devotions, whatever, your scripture reading, whatever you do. I mean, who doesn't have a timer that you can set and say, all right, I'm going to set this for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and pray until this timer goes off. We all have these, right? And they all have clocks on them. So it's really easy to do that. If you're anal retentive like I am, and you're like, okay, well, I don't, you know, I know I've got to be somewhere, and so 
You want to set that? That's fine. I think God honors that. He knows how you're wired. He did the wiring. So let's do this. Um, I'm going to have George start to play some, um, some kind of quiet soaking music. We have communion available, as we always do, on either side, and you are welcome to partake of that. But I really want to put the emphasis on this today, and so let's do this. If you, right now, if you have the gift of speaking in other tongues, would you come forward? You are going to be our prayer team. Okay, and just line up across the front here. All right, we're a little heavy to the left, so we can go down that way. There we go. All right. Turn around. Now, I don't remember who raised their hand or not, but if you all, if any of you raised your hand saying you're struggling with something, you now know what to do. You know, and if you're not taking advantage of using that gift on a daily basis, then please start that habit today. All right? I think you will see a tremendous shift in, in your own spiritual life. Okay. All right, that was preaching to the choir. Now... Now what I'm going to do is we're going to flip the lights down, make it a little more intimate. And what I would ask all of you to do is this. If this is a gift that you want to have, then I would, in your right where you are, I would just close your eyes, spend some time in prayer, and say, Lord, this is... Um, I, 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 earnestly desire this gift. Exactly. That's what scripture says to do. And so I would also ask you as you are praying to say, Lord, who should I go to and receive prayer from for this? Okay. And so you can go to anybody up here. And, um, you know, if you don't know their name, God will just highlight somebody. That's fine. You just go up. I'm sure they will introduce themselves as you, as you can and have them pray. But I really believe that, that we are missing out on something that uh, is so powerful and so profound and is so easy to um, access. And while I want to have a, you know, a heart full of faith, it's possible that some of you may receive prayer and you might leave here today and you're like, no, I still don't have it. Well, don't despair. Okay. First of all, it might pop out later today. That's always a possibility. Second of all, maybe you just need to receive prayer more than once. And we talked about perseverance before, right? 
And so we always are going to do some sort of a prayer time like this. And if you want that gift and you didn't receive it today, then you keep coming until you get it. And I, God is so faithful and so willing to give that you will receive. I, I just believe that to the core of my being. He was probably willing to give to me years before I figured out that I had this small part to play in the whole thing. And so we're just going to start, uh, we're just going to be quiet. Uh, like I said, I'll pray a little, and then uh, you pray, and, hmm? Sure. i just give a, a story of a friend of mine who was a, a Baptist pastor, and he got filled with the Spirit uh, speaking in tongues, but he didn't know how to minister to the people because, you know, in the Baptist church, they didn't do that. And so... For a month, he just taught on the Holy Spirit. He didn't mention tongues. And he said, you know, just when you go home, when you're in your shower, you know, which is a good time because you're relaxed, he said, just start praising the Lord. And he said, suddenly people started to come and said, I received the Holy Spirit. I, I received the gift of tongues this morning. Or while I was writing somewhere. So, you know, don't, you never lose heart because you may not have received it because Sometimes there's blockages, you know, and it's just we need to be in that place of relax and, and not feel under pressure. So, mm -hmm. so even a time like this, there's, there's no pressure, but sometimes with some people that can feel like pressure. Mm -hmm. So it's just to be relaxed and just let the Lord do. Those are good words because I, I suspect a lot of the issue that I had was I was just putting so much pressure on myself. And yet when I was by myself and in a quiet place, that's when it happened. All right, enough preaching. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I just praise you today, Lord. I just give you thanks that you desire to give good gifts to your children and that you tell us as much in your word. And so, Father, I just pray, come, Holy Spirit, into this very situation right now. Touch each person here. Guide them to whomever it is that they should seek this gift from or who should be the conduit through which this gift is given. For we know it comes from you. So bless us now and help us to go even deeper. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.